Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, this is Nate Robertson, former Detroit Tiger, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And welcome to The Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network, iTunes, Spotify, Subscribe there as well, Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show, or the social media handles. A guy not on social media, but a guy who was a good pitcher for the Tigers and took them, helped take them to the World Series in 2006 is Nate Robertson, the Wichita, Kansas product, the Wichita State Shockers. Uh, everyone knows of very well. Nate, appreciate you coming on, man. How you doing? Hey, glad to be here. I'm doing really well. You're in Wichita, Kansas. I could say that I've never been there. Um, but you have the National Baseball Congress World Series happening there that include you and Adam LaRoche, who is a nice little hitter himself. Uh, tell us about that, and, and now you're back on the field playing a little bit. Tell us about this. Well, you know, it's uh, it was just an idea a couple of years ago. Adam and I have been friends for a long time. He's also a Kansas-grown kid and um, since his retirement, and we had this idea that down the road we'd put maybe put together a a team of former players playing this amateur t- tournament. This is a mostly a uh, collegiate uh, summer ball league uh, sanctioned tournament. And um, the the idea turned into fruition. And last year we actually had our first, uh, first team put together, assembled, um, had Roger Clemens came in through for us and uh, had, had some actually had some really big names that partook in it. And it uh, actually got some gained some popularity. And now we got uh, year two underway. And who else is are on these teams? Uh, well, it's really just kind of a name among names. It's you know Adams playing first, Dan Uggles at second, oh. um, Jack Wilson, uh, Brandon Inch, Chipper Jones is joining the team this year. David Ross is actually jumping on board this oh. year. Um, but uh, you can, I mean, it's pretty easy to. They're called the Kansas Stars. Uh, we're doing a lot of charitable things, uh, mostly local, uh, but also with the E3 Foundation. That's uh, uh, LaRoche's foundation, which uh, supports uh, military veterans and also the fight against uh, sex trafficking. This is quite the uh, roster compiled here. Some good guys. And Tim, I, I, if I'm reading this right, it's uh, Tim Hudson as well. Um, Ben Sheets, Roy Oswalt, uh, yes, Josh Beckett, Brad Penny, Jason Isringhausen, J.D. Drew. Uh, a lot of good names here, and it's coming up in August. That's going to be something to watch. I love seeing the guys who were recently out of the league play. Um, you're going to play. What's What are you putting up on the radar right now? <laughs> well, I know that uh, I had some friends go and sneak behind some of the scouts. I mean, scouts aren't there for us. They're there for these college kids, but, um, you know, our time's come and gone and there's Josh Beckett put it great last year. Uh, he's like, Nate, there's a reason why we're retired. So, um, I, I think I hit 87 and, you know, it's, you know, it's the, most of the pitchers that are, you know, if we were still healthy enough to do it, we'd still be doing it. But uh, the old elbow on my end is, is kind of chewed up and has had its mileage four surgeries later. But, yeah, you know, uh, 
those were, you know, Tim and pitch for us last year. And so did Josh, uh, those guys are not back with Brad Penny is, um, you know, it's, uh, it's really just a word of mouth thing. We, you know, we've reached out to some guys, told them what we're doing, why we're doing it. Um, and you know, the big reason I think that it's a draw, um, it's just the guys getting back together. You kind of miss that, uh, the competition, but just being in the clubhouse, you know, you do it for so long professionally and then all of a sudden that day comes when you retire and you walk away from it and it's just gone and that's consumed a lot of our lives obviously playing the game i would hope that this tournament will see a lot of ephesus by you guys i'm hoping like <laughs> 55 56 mile an hour uh ephes like I, I saw one live with el duque through one eric chavez i think it was 2006 maybe when he was on yeah. the Mets, and his knees buckled twice. So can we please get some 50-mile-an-hour curveballs, please? We, we uh, you know, that's that's a perfected field pitch. And so we're, um, you know, the, the funny part is, is that we, we do load up on pitching. Um, I think we had 18 guys last year. We're probably right around that this year. And we don't ask a whole lot. You know, it's more of a – we're not out there. We're not going to go out and embarrass ourselves. Um, we're trying to compete. Uh, winning is not uh, the number one priority. But we're uh, just want to put on a good show, and so guys are going out there. Um, I think Clemens through the long. No, we had uh, Jeremy Guthrie and, and Jason Marquis put up some innings last year, but they're you know J- uh, Guthrie was still somewhat active in the game, and so so was Marquis. Some guys are in better throwing shape arm wise than others, but we uh, we just don't want to get hurt and uh, put on a good show. Rick and Keel, Adam Everett. Um... Ryan Langerhans. Wow, these are some these are some throwback names. And when when we say when we say Nate Robertson, we think uh, mid, mid, the mid two thousand, the Tigers, the World Series. We think of the goggles, the glasses you wore, and you got to think of Gum Time. How the hell did Gum Time start? And I imagine that helped rally you guys because it's it's the one World Series the Tigers made uh, after eighty four was two thousand six, and I think Gum Time may have been a big part of it. Well, you know, it was TV magic. It was it's the power of uh, obviously um, just a moment. Uh, it was I was I had an in-game mic day. We were playing the Yankees. We we're down five nothing. Um, I was just trying to throw him a bone and do something that we used to do in little league for a rally. You know, threw threw in a, either a big wad of uh, gum or seeds. And I had there was a pack of big league shoes sitting there, and they put the camera on me, and I started stuffing my mouth full of gum. And and uh, right when I did that, uh, Pudge hit a home run. And it just really that just took off from there. I mean, you know how fans follow their teams, and um, that was really the rally cry for the for the Tigers that year. And then obviously we go to the World Series, so it made it so much bigger. And um, you know they, I mean they just brought me back uh, the Whitecaps of Grand Rapids, West Michigan. There, um, the A ball team had a had a bobblehead of me this year with uh, you know me blowing a big old bubble. So it's it still resonates with fans. It was. Uh, it was cool to have that interaction, just how close that uh, – not only that clubhouse was, but the players to, uh, with the fans. It was a magical year. Um, Leland came in first year, getting us to the World Series after 13 straight losing seasons, um, being in, the, in the, the cellar dwellers, you know, to the, uh, to the Cinderella story. It was kind of a cool deal. Yeah, I mean, it had been 20 years. I mean, 1987 was the last time that the Tigers made the playoffs – uh, was was that a daily occasion? Were you chewing massive amounts of gum on the regular? Well, I mean, when I was pitching, I was you know I I always chewed gum anyway. I mean, I had a I always had some some sort of not a big wad of it though when I pitched. I just had you know gum 
uh, going all the time. But when it, when we were, you know, as a starter, the four days in between, um, we had a ton of comebacks. Uh, we were a comeback team. We won 96 regular season games, and I can't remember. There was, a, there was quite a few of those that were comeback victories, uh, especially late comebacks. Seventh inning on, I think we led the major leagues in um, comeback wins. But <clears throat> anyway, so, yeah, that would be some times where, you know, the fans would really just yell at me down there. You know, they would mm-hmm. they would say they would ask where it's at. I mean, fans are bringing the stuff to the ballpark. Uh, the Tigers, I think, ended up starting to sell it with you know big league chew anyway. And um, you know, it was funny, and I never got a cut of that big league. How the uh, the surge in the big league chew sales went. Uh, <laughs> at least free big company. league chew for life. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> They did give me a lot. Of, they did send me a lot of big league chew. And okay. I was like, "What am I going to do with all this?" It's like <laughs> rot my teeth out. Are you a grape guy? An original? An apple? What flavor are you? I am. You said the first two, grape and original. Um, yeah. That apple, man, it takes it tears me up. It's, uh, <laughs> it's so it's, it's so sour. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the grape and the and the regular and and um, I typically try to uh, extract uh, a good. Uh, lot of sugar out of that i rinse it with down with some water a little bit but it's uh i enjoy i enjoy blowing bubbles yes we're joined by gum aficionado nate robertson at one time was also a major <laughs> league pitcher um that 2016 was special man and jim leland i want to talk with you about him because one of a kind manager kind of an old school guy you just imagine him in the dugout just put, packing a couple cigarettes going throughout the game <laughs> uh what was it like playing for jim leland Oh, it was terrific from day one. I mean, the first time, uh, you know, that I met him and, um, you know, he just really made it about his players and he, he's a very personal guy and he just got to know each and every individual, um, what made him tick. And, you know, he kept the, uh, he kept the clubhouse loose, but he held everybody accountable and, and, um, he's a player's manager. And, uh, you know, I really, I loved playing for the guy and, you know, winning winning uh, creates a lot of really good relationships, and and we did quite a bit of that while he was there. And and um, you know, he uh, he's a Hall of Famer in my book, and and I was just uh, I was honored to be able to play with him. Did he ever like him. smoke cigarettes or cigars during the game? Well, I think that one's pretty easy to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> um, cigars. Well, I'll tell you this much: cigars were not his thing, though. Cigarette really. guy. All right. Marlboro Red kind of guy. Um, yeah. 2006 was your best year. Um, after that, your numbers dipped a little bit. He he moved you to the bullpen. Um, were you more angry at yourself or angry at him when you were demoted to the bullpen? Well, I think it was a deal where, for me, um, I was more – uh, mystified at what was going on with me and my health. I think there was a there was a sign in 2007. I had Tommy John when I was 19, mm-hmm. and then I had another. I had a, a flexor mass reattachment uh, three years later, and then I've, after that, I had really good health. I mean, I, I stayed on the field, logged innings, uh, had some success. And 07, I had this period where I just my ball wasn't moving; it was flat, velocity was down a little bit. They thought I had like what they called dead arm. And I guess it was maybe a sign of things to come. And uh, I finished the year strong in 07, but 08, you know, the, the team, 
as a whole, was picked to win the World Series. We were supposed to score a thousand runs. That team was just loaded with all stars all the way around, mm-hmm. and we flopped. And then that was my me personally. That was the worst year of my career. And I think that there was probably just from a scouting standpoint and just guys evaluating where I was at that there was a decline in in uh, uh, skill set. You know, it was like in stuff and. And I could see it coming off the bat. I mean, some of the times I was throwing some pitches and I, was, I wasn't I was getting those swings and misses when I thought I was really, you know, having a good release point extension and just didn't have the results. So, I, you know, they moved me to the bullpen, um, and I actually ended up having another surgery uh, in 2009. I had to have something removed off of a nerve on my inner elbow. Um, and, you know, it was just – it's, it's – Sometimes, guys, it's just different for every guy. You just kind of start seeing where there's a decline, and you got to figure out. That's why you have to have so much respect for guys like Kenny Rogers, you know, who he was a big uh, big brother to me. He was a big influence on my career. But you see a guy that used to throw firm, and then he learned how to pitch, you know, throwing in the mid, mid-80s. mid and, uh, and that's just something that I, I didn't figure out until it was too late. Um, so I was never no. I wasn't mad. I mean, like I said, he he held us accountable. I think it was a real tough thing for him to do, and and um, but you know it's a business too, and you got to do what's best for the team. Is it frustrating for it to end in that way and just end by injuries and and struggles? Um, I imagine as your time came to an end, 2013, 2014, you still wanted to pitch, but in some ways you just weren't able to. Yeah, it, it does, it's very frustrating. I mean, my, my last outing in the big leagues, I was walking off as as a Philadelphia Philly in Philly, uh, walking off the field to 50,000 booing fans because I couldn't get three outs. Uh, and, you know, again, it was a situation where I tried to pitch my way back in. This is 2010. I tried to pitch my way back into a rotation. Uh, the Phillies picked me up. Uh, they ended up not starting me and they threw me in the bullpen um i went there because jamie moyer had gone down with an injury and then they they opted to go with uh, vance worley uh who was a rookie at the time to take that starting position so they brought me up uh and then i just they threw me in a couple of mop-up role games and it just you know that wasn't really why i was there but you know, I did try to make a comeback. I went to the Mariners in 2011, big league camp. I was, I think I was in line to maybe get that fifth starter job. And, and, uh, then my, my elbow locked up on me and I had bone chips that removed and it just was just one thing after the next. And then I bounced. I tried. The thing was, is like everybody always wants to get that one last moment in their career that, um, justifies everything you know and it was like if i could just get back to the big leagues that was the goal of getting back to the big leagues and i spent the next four years dodging injuries and having a surgery here and there and then i actually figured something out but i think like like i said earlier it was too late um i started dropping down uh throwing uh you know from the side Mm -hmm. side arm angle and having a lot of success and matter of fact 2013 I went to big league camp with the Rangers after they came and scouted that, uh, had a tremendous spring training, uh, but they went with a younger kid, a Venezuelan lefty. And I can't remember his name, um, just to give him a shot. And they wanted me to stay around and I had a great year in, in round rock and they just never, never, never called me up. Um, so then I asked the tigers to give me one last shot at it in 2014. I went there, I was pitching. Okay. 
uh, I wasn't pitching bad. I was actually pitching really good, and then it just uh, the command was becoming kind of an issue, and they let me go, and that was it. I knew that you know going into that year, this it was going to be the last year, my last run at it. I was not going to sit there and try to hold on to something that wasn't there, and uh, I got to I got to retire a, uh, a Detroit Tiger, which was fine by me. Yeah, and I mean nine years in the major leagues, and really with the minors as well, twelve. It's a great run, and you got to look back at it and think a lot of guys don't last. A lot of guys stay in the minors. A lot of guys will get a cup of coffee and not make it. Uh, you did it for a decade, and now you're part owner of the Wichita Wingnuts. I mean, do you do you miss the game? Do you miss being out there uh, every day? Uh, maybe not every day. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's the grind that a lot of guys they you know when you're in it and it's it's the grind. Um, you always kind of you just want that moment to come where you have more freedom in your life. And then when you have that more, more freedom in your life, then you kind of long to be back playing the game. So this is a nice opportunity. Like what me and Adam are doing It's a nice opportunity to just kind of come back together and, and have a chance to, to just get on the field and be around the guys and then really a low pressure situation. But you know, the, the, I'm still in the game. I'm, I coached high school baseball, at my alma mater last two years, we actually won the state tournament this year. Um, and then being an owner of a team, I've, I've been heavily involved since 2014, and I've been really getting to learn, really learn, and be a student of the front office, which has been a lot of fun. And we've had a ton of success, the Wingnuts. Uh, we have a really good story. Uh, this is our 10-year uh, anniversary. Um, we've won a championship. We put the master team um, in 14 that won a championship. We've been to the championship series five of the last six years. Hmm. Um, we continue to get quality players. Uh, my older brother's the general manager, does a great job. Pete Rose Jr. is our, our manager. Huh. And uh, we, we have a great network in the game of baseball. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I, that I played with that are still playing in the game, and there's guys that, you know, as they retire or they're still looking for a job maybe, um, this is an opportunity to help keep them going. So we've had really good players come through here. We've got um, – We've got four current big leaguers uh, right now that were that were wing nuts um, and had never been to the big leagues, and now they are big leaguers. David Peralta, Junior Guerra, James Hoyt um, are three of them, and uh, you know it's that's fun to see. We actually help develop guys get to the big leagues, and um, of course there's there's that group of guys. There's that uh, former big leaguers. Brent Cleveland is a guy that I played with in Detroit. He's still our uh, star player and uh, still doing it at 35 and mm-hmm. having a good time. But um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And I get to stay connected to the game and there's still, uh, there's the freedoms of being able to kind of do it how you want to do it when you want to do it. And that's what I enjoy about it. Yeah. A couple things there. One Peralta's having a good year on my fantasy team. He's in three twenty. Um, yeah. Pete Rose Jr., a guy who threw me a ball at a Long Island Ducks Bridgeport Bluefish game behind the dugout. I always remember that. Uh. It's like a decade ago. Um, so you're with the team here. Is, is your goal to eventually get back to the big leagues in either a coaching uh, aspect or in the front office? Um, I don't think I set a goal there. I think that it's intriguing to maybe become, you know, be in player development. I think the problem with I guess I guess a guy like me and most people I guess to even get into the game they still love the game they still want to be part of the game player development I don't see how attractive that is for me at the at the minor league level because you're really 
I guess you get to bring a little piece of what you are, what you're about, and how you go about your business, but you're still following a, an organizational philosophy. So you have to, you, you automatically have to buy into a philosophy. Um, being an owner of our own franchise, our own team, Wichita Wingnuts, we have ours, and that's that's what I I love being in that position of this is how we're going to do it, and there's nobody that can tell us any other way, and this is how we run business, and we try to have a you know a family environment, first class organization. Um, if you're a yo-yo, we get rid of you. There's no like, you know, coddling a prospect and he can be a bad, you know, bad seed. And I've seen that before, you know, I've seen players come in and they were a high round pick or they were signed for a lot of money, but they stick around because that's what they were. And they, and they were turds and we just, uh, we get rid of the turds around here. So that's kind of, I enjoy that. I enjoy having that, that control to do that. Um, but obviously, yeah, I mean, if, if, if there was a chance to get into a front office, front office position in the big leagues that would that would be very intriguing to me i've done some tv too i, I did uh i did uh seven wichita state games this year and oh. um i don't know if tv is my thing but i i felt like it was a, i i enjoyed it, it was fun uh i i do tip my cap to uh, i was a color guy this year um that's all i'd want to be i would not want to be the guy just you know the anchor like leading it on the whole time and having to just keep keep at it for i mean you do baseball game on tv for nine innings that's a long time Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of things that you have to talk about (laughs) but um uh, you know i i don't have any real goals i'm just kind of seeing what i enjoy and and uh you know i turned 40 this year and you know, I just uh, I'd like to settle into something, and and uh, ownership's a lot of fun, though. It is fun. Uh, I enjoy it, and um, we'll see what happens uh, in the next few years. Nate Robertson joining us. Let's let's backtrack here because we need to go to KansasDictionary.com for a couple of these. First, you said yo-yo, and then turds. Can you explain those to me? <laughs> well, you know, it's just. We, you always talk about, you know, one of the things Jim Leland talked about all the time um, and why our clubhouse was so good is just uh, being a good teammate, you know. And and no matter what your your numbers were, what was on the back of your baseball card, people are going to remember. They're going to remember. Not going to remember your numbers. Um, they'll have to look those up to remember those. But they'll remember how you treated them. Mm-hmm. They'll remember if you were a good teammate or bad teammate. And when I say, yeah, when I those, those terms – in the clubhouse, if you're a bad guy, man, it's just, there's nothing worse than a than an I me guy. There's nothing worse than is, that. Is that, that a yo yo or a turd and a me guy? That's... It can be both. Okay, it can be both. <laughs> it can be both, and more of a turd. You know, yo yos are just they're not very smart, but you know the uh, the turds are just they're just selfish, and and that there's there's some of those guys out there, and so you know that's just that's just who they are, the core of who they are, and hard to change that so again going back to being able to control that clubhouse um we don't if we have that around here they're gone we don't nobody they don't stick around Mm -hmm. so um that's a good thing it keeps a good clubhouse you know you don't just go after you know we don't there's no draft here i mean this is basically a recruiting league you got to go go build a team and you got to find players and we, there's a salary cap, and there, you know, you get the, 
there in the American Association, you have to, there's different levels um, from rookie to LS2, three, four, five, and then to vets. And you got to put all those together and you got to put the, a good product on the field. And, and we do a pretty good job of that. I'm proud of that. I'm going to start calling people yo yos and turds. That sounds so fun. <laughs> uh, just my friends, I'm just going to say yo yo, you're a yo yo, you're a turd. Um, the, the, the Tigers today. Uh, Nate, uh, what do you do here? I, th- I think they're in a position where you got to rebuild, but you don't want to just give away guys for nothing. And I think it starts with maybe trading Justin Verlander. Maybe you explore Miguel Cabrera. It seems like Alex Avila is a guy whose value is pretty high right now. Uh, if you're the Tigers here, what do you do? Yeah, I think that you're right on it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to think uh, of the staples of a Verlander or Cabrera not being in the old English D uniform anymore um you know like you said alex is having a, a real huge bounce back career year for him yeah. and you know there's uh there's value there and i don't know who's going to take on you know players that with massive contracts uh you know verlander's verlander i mean the guy i think he's still in a position in his career even though he's you know he's probably on the back end of it that he's he can he can still go find it. You know he can he knows how to pitch. He still has stuff. Um, you know he's not pitching the way he wants to right now consistently, but he's still. I mean if you if you see the games that he's pitched well, I mean the stuff's still there and and he's a competitor and he wants to win and you know I'm sure a different. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the club right now. If whether it's just it's just not the right people put together. Um, I'm assuming that it's a it's a great clubhouse. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure the guys are still you know it's they like being around each other. But you know that they're they're older. Um, their star players are older. They're you know it's a it's a speed game. I I don't know how much speed they got rolling around on that team. Um, they got some guys that can still bop it, but you know it's uh, you know pitching and defense are huge and. You know, there's a lot of teams that have switched gears to go out there, and, and they have speedy outfielders. Uh, they have agile infielders. Um, they may not hit, you know, a ton of home runs, and but they they play small ball and it works. And then they pitch, and you know, I I'll tell you right now, in 2008, that was the epitome of what happened to that team. I mean, you the lineup was a lineup of all-stars if you remember that you had Miguel Cabrera you had Placido Polanco you had Edgar Renneria and you had Carlos Guillen and Pudge Rodriguez and Gary Sheffield Maglio Ordonez Curtis Granderson and Jacques John I mean we had we were loaded but we were not fast and we were not agile we we had a bunch of guys a bunch of they said we had a bunch of DH hitters I mean these guys all fit well in in any lineup in the big leagues but all together at once it didn't work out for our defense. I think I know for a fact that we led the league that year in batting average against with balls put in play. So when the ball was hit and put in play, then, you know, it, it was the highest percentage defense where it was going to land as a hit because we couldn't get to it. You know what I'm saying? So Mm. we didn't have, uh, we didn't have the defense. Uh, We had, you know, we had a pretty good pitching staff. I mean, you had Verlander and Kenny Rogers. You had Bonnerman and, um, and myself. I mean, I was a five starter on that rotation. And you know, just sometimes it just you, you kind of—it's not the player; it's just the, how the teams put together. And you know, they got great players, uh, but they're 
obviously right now they're not put in the best position to succeed because it's not it's just it's not working i mean there's success and failure i mean you got to say call it what it is it's not working they got the great players but they it's just not working right now yeah it's interesting you're 2016 i mean you're going through those names there's so much power and uh you had the Kind of a one-hit wonder in Chris Shelton, who had that big month of April yeah. one year, I mean, where he hit like 16 homers or something. I mean, you had Pudge, who just gets in the Hall of Fame now. Don't forget, my guy, the backup catcher of that team, Vance Wilson, a guy who I I met outside like the Mets parking lot when he was on the Mets, and the guy had a worse car than I did. I mean, he had like a 1990 like Honda Civic. It was so beat up, but he was the <laughs> nicest dude and a guy who caught you, I'm sure, a few times and yeah i love vance yeah great he's, teammate he seems awesome who was the who is the leader and the vocal guy of that of that 016 well vance was a guy like you know he brought brought his name up and by the way he's a manager in double a for, for the royals now but oh, he, he? uh oh. and i i see him being a big league manager one day but he was he was a vocal guy he was a leader um oh. and you know kenny rogers was a leader uh, especially for that pitching staff that we had, Todd Jones was a leader for that pitching staff that we had, and you know Pudge Pudge had leadership skills, and um, you know Brandon Inge, he was a guy that was he, you know I was with him on the '03 team when we lost 119 games, and he was a, he just that guy was a gamer, um, but you know we got Sean Casey brought came over, um, he was a great presence in the clubhouse and. You know, he still had he had Mags and Curtis, I and mean, we had it was just the whole team was uh, was awesome. Uh, Polanco wasn't very he wasn't loud and vocal. He just he led on the field, and um, Carlos Guillen was a leader. Carlos Guillen was a leader. Uh, it just it was just a great team. We had a young we had a lot of young pitchers. Um, obviously, with Verlander and Zamaya, who was just bringing cheese. I mean, that guy threw so hard. Yeah, and we had Fernando Rodney, Jason Grilly, a lot of guys that were still. I was 28 at the time, mm-hmm. I believe, and um, and then you know you mixed in Todd and, and Kenny, and outside of that, we were a very very young pitching staff, and um, we had a lot of fun, man. It was it was great. We did that without Miguel Cabrera, by the way, and yeah. and we should have won it. You know, that was the sad part was is that you know it's uh, you always sit there and say, well, you know. The, the best team doesn't always win. In this case, it didn't. Um, you know, St. Louis got hot. Uh, they came in with a extremely average. Uh, actually, I think it was the worst win loss record of any yeah, team in they had like history. Eight, 84, 85 wins, maybe just over five hundred, yeah. maybe less. And they're only yeah, maybe four games over five hundred um, on the year, and they just got hot at the right time. And we and then we just we killed our and we we stepped our own foot you know as far as like pitcher we had pitchers had five errors uh our our offense went completely silent um we had a week layoff and that's nobody's fault i mean it's it's our fault we didn't we just didn't perform right and um you know you always think especially as a younger player you think you're going to be back every year you're going to come you're going to be back oh we're going to come back and win this thing next year and it's so difficult Mm -hmm. to get there you know it's uh, we think about the teams the Tigers have had and how close they've been. Um, their last two World Series appearances, uh, one against uh, the Giants and one against – actually, I'm going blank right now. Giants, Cardinals, and then 84, they beat the Padres. 
Okay, so it was the Giant. It was the yeah. Giant. They had the Red Sox down in that series. That's what I was thinking. Of. They were supposed to have that crazy run, and then and then David Ortiz uh, hits that home run uh, off yeah. of Benoit mm-hmm. in in Boston that Tory Hunter almost caught, and that that then that was that was the ALCS, and that's the and then Boston ended up winning that series, and it, I think they would have been down. Three games to none, if I, if I recall it right, uh, to the Tigers. But then they came back and put them away. Yeah. But the Giants, yeah, they, I think they went. Oh, they got swept by the Giants yep. in 2012. And you're talking about rotations with Verlander and Scherzer and Doug Fister, who's who is just throwing the heck out of the ball, and Anibal Sanchez. I mean, you know, those teams. You look at it and you think, man, some somehow, some way, got to get it done. And, and too bad. The, the biggest part about that is the, I guess the saddest part is Mr. I passed uh, this year, mm-hmm. and uh, no nobody got it done for him. You know, while he was still with us, and that guy put what a great owner he was. Um, the passion, the resources, and everything he put into his his teams in in Detroit, and uh, couldn't get that World Series ring for him. Yeah, I mean, I forgot even about 2012 when they made the World Series and that team and that rotation stacked. Um, Nate Robertson, former Tigers pitcher, the part owner of the Wichita Wingnuts. Uh, appreciate you coming on. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys play here with these uh, cavalcade of stars at the National Baseball Conference Congress World Series. Uh, Nate, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks. You got it, Jake. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.